The risk of trading futures and options can be substantial. All information, publications, and material used and distributed by Advanced Trading Incorporated shall be construed as solicitation. ATI does not maintain an independent research department as defined in CFTC Regulation 1.71. Information obtained from third-party sources is believed to be reliable, but its accuracy is not guaranteed by Advanced Trading Incorporated. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Good morning. It is February 14th, Valentine's Day. And before we start the show, we've got something for any single guys watching. Make sure where we're looking for Valentine's Day. Joe, pull that up. Here we go. Looking if we're looking for love, make sure to check your local plat book first. <laughs> so fantastic. Markets are moving. We had a big move in the Dow. Looking at soft commodities are making big moves as well. Grains, right? Uh, corn, soybeans, can't find much love today. But as we look, we have other headlines. Uh, Brady's going to give us a cattle report. Farm income, big moves in the farm income as we could expect. The number of farms is decreasing. And lift stock, we've got an interesting tidbit there. And I've got just the guys to break down the news with me. Brady, Tommy, we've got Brady in Kansas. Tommy's at the Farm and Machinery Show in Louisville, so he's going to be audio only. But guys, let's jump right into it. Morning, morning everyone. I'll uh, I'll hit the lift news real quick. So I yeah. woke up. We're looking at headlines. I'm looking at Twitter slash X, and it said lift went up 65 percent due to an analyst wrote that there was a 500 uh, point bounce in EBITDA, and it was supposed to be 50. And to think that lifts up a heavily shorted stock, I didn't send, maybe I sent to you guys last week, but when I was in Nashville, uh, Lyft has been trending down for the last few years, and Uber's been, you know, people are long Uber, short Lyft. So Lyft has a very, very big short. The reason this matters is that uh, it's just dirty. There's a huge short. If you were short calls and you look down and, and you realize it was up 65% in an instant, you got a major problem. That's a four or five standard deviation move anyway uh your so your your opinion tommy is that uh i mean are you suspecting some foul play or honest mistake no i just think pure stupidity i think someone wrote (laughs) instead of 5500 i mean be like the usda saying that yield was 1702 instead of 172 i mean common sense would tell you it was wrong but there's so many algorithms in high frequency trading computers that they uh yeah they jumped on that and panicked yeah Anyway, that, that's my, my, my take, contribution contribution I, to the show. <laughs> and when I see something like that, we you know AI is the big talk, the algorithms. But at the end of the day, when we're looking at uh, any type of markets, commodity markets, stocks, right? It's still the human element. They're still going to be emotional, and we're still going to have the human errors in there. That's what I look at there. So, yep. uh, in the soft commodities, right? We've talked a lot about cocoa. It's Valentine's Day. Let's look at the chocolate prices and. Cocoa price is close to double what it was last year. Raw sugar is up 20%, but guess who gets to pay with it? Reuters had a great article about Hershey and Cadbury, right? They're increasing their chocolate prices. So they're just pushing that increase right back to the consumer. It's going to be an expensive Valentine's Day potentially here. Box of chocolates. We got the box of chocolates index, Connor. We had the Krispy Kreme index and the tortilla index. I might need to do the the Cadbury... uh, it, uh, we're too late for Valentine's Day, but by Easter we could do the Cadbury Egg Index. I'll be—I'll yeah. start putting that together. We'll get our research team on it. Okay. <laughs> so, 
other one, Tommy, you sent us this Nat Gas three and a half year lows. Uh, I'd love we we should break down have a chart to show that because we talked a lot about it this fall on Nat Gas had a little run up this winter if I'm not mistaken now close to three and a half year lows. Yeah, yeah, had abnormally warm across America as you uh, as you go like. Brady, I think you've been posting pictures. You look warm. The whole deal is just uh, we're only warm. I talked to a farmer client in Iowa, and he said if it would stay warm for another week or two, people put down a little fertilizer and do field work. So our friends up in North Dakota, real uh, big shout out. These sugar beets they grow, they pile them, and they depend on them to freeze like and get super, super, super cold. And they're actually going to lose some of their sugar beet harvest because uh, – there's this giant, giant pile. And as you all know, like if you put a big pile of mulch, you know, it steams and gets hot. They're, they're having loss to the sugar beets and there's nothing they can do. I mean, they're literally outside. It's normally minus 10, zero, and it's plus 40. So mm. it's really affecting things. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Other one. We'll, we'll, uh, one more outside market thing. Dow, we had a big, it's rebounding a little bit today, but has a big move down on the, uh, um, Fed rate decision talking about or inflation. I'm sorry, but post worst session since March of 2023. So big. We've had a great run up, right? So uh, it can't go up every day, but big pullback. We're already seeing some of that come back today. So let's kick it over to what uh, we know very well. Looking at ag space, we had a couple uh, articles just looking at number of U.S. farms falls and size increases uh, based on the U.S. Census. So. Uh, to be expected, right? That's been the trend for um, many, many years. But the one takeaway that I saw is we had the average age of farmers. Any guesses what it is, guys? 72. I'm going to like 62. What would you say, Brady? You're both, you're both high, 58.1. Boy, is that coming down or is that is that up, what did... up 0.6 on the year from the last census in 2017? Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. Let's do it. Let's keep moving forward. That I saw on that same note, you know, the the number of farms kind of had plateaued. I mean, it's still light when you look back on long term, but like six, since the sixties, I think there was two million or just under two million farms um, that it had kind of plateaued. There, um, interesting graphic in that article. Yeah, yeah, we should pull that up. So the other thing we have farm income, right? Uh, big article. Farm income is seeing a historic drop the inflation adjusted number 2024 to 2023 were 4% below the 20 year average from 20 I'm sorry from 2022 to 2024 we are looking at a 41% drop which would be one of the biggest drop of the past two decades here's a chart that reflects it and so uh looking at it right we had some great uh income producing years the past couple of years this year is looking at the opposite, especially today with uh, corn, March corn down six as we're looking at it. But the thing that jumps out at me, guys, when I'm looking at this is w- going back, right, looking at this historic drop, we're going back to the 80s. 84 was the last time we saw a drop this extensive. I don't like when we're looking at 2024 and we're comparing farm income to the 80s. Not mm. a good comparison. Mm-mm. Very very cyclical, too, something that, that points out on that gra- that chart there. Oh. You have a couple back-to-back years of those drops in incomes, but uh, cyclical. Absolutely. And then same thing, uh, just looking at farm income by year, right? Uh, 
20, 20, hindsight's 2020, 21, 22, 23 were great years. That 16 through 20, right? A little bit lower income, especially when we take out the government payments in 2024 is looking like a big correction from previous years. So um, to me, my takeaways when I look at these is we talk about risk, right? We're, we're risk managers. We look at risk for farmers. And I think if you ask the average farmer, what's the biggest risk for your operation? It's got to be big moves in the commodity markets and not being able to be hedged on the lows and not being able to participate in the big rallies. So that's my takeaway there. So absolutely. Let's yeah. Kick, good points. Yeah. yeah. Let's kick it over. We got the ag outlook conference tomorrow. Uh, I think we'll talk about a lot there, but we did have this article. Was it from Bloomberg Brady? Uh, Bloomberg survey here of analyst estimates um, going into that. Um, what, what the trade's looking at for them to print um, might be some pre pre positioning going into that um, outlook forum Thursday and Friday last year, they printed a nasty number and it really shocked the market and kind of sent things in a spiral. So maybe they're remembering uh, what happened last year and trading into that going into this, but some significant ranges on the acreage and the ending stocks. We'll see what gets printed tomorrow um, and Friday or Thursday and Friday. Yes. Yeah. Um, on that. Tim- to me, pretty safe numbers, right? Uh, 91 million acres of corn down a little bit from that big number. Uh, soybeans, right? Pretty average, not not any wild cards, which I don't think we usually expect this early for acreage estimates, but it looks pretty good. Not necessarily bullish numbers, as we've been saying a lot. Um, cot- Brady, cotton acres, right? They're, they really punted same. Uh, last year, they're at 10.2. They're at 10.7. I mean, mm-hmm. Luke, if you're listening, we'll... Uh, Feel free to chime in on cotton acres, but do we see, you know, with corn prices continue to drop, do we see cotton uh, expand on some corn acres? You think? Yeah, potentially. You know, in parts of the can't we got three gins here in southern part of Kansas. We're very much on the northern end of the cotton belt, but there's a lot of talk about cotton coming into to back into some of those acres. But guys plant what they know and what they the predictability in tight years is often really important. And if you can predict what type of corn crop or a milo crop that you're going to grow, some of that predictability has some value to it as well, but could see some more cotton acres up here in the yeah. plains. We'll keep watching that. So real quick, Brady, Brady and Connor. Yep. Yeah. Good. The USDA is going to tell the American farmer that they're awesome. They're absolutely awesome. They're going to plant a lot. They're great at growing it. They're awesome. They, they never come out and say, you know what, we think you're going to stink at farming. It's February 15th and you're going to be bad this year and the weather's going to suck. They're going to say, weather's going to be perfect. You're awesome. And that's why we could go over 3 billion carryout. And that's why we could have uh, uh, 299 cash corn here in the countryside mm-hmm. in the next few months if uh, if something doesn't change. It's a very, very serious subject. And people get mad if you uh, tell the truth, but uh, I'd, I'd I'd still like to be in business in 10 years and say we actually help people when times got tough, not uh, gave them the BS, uh, aw shucks, we'll get them next year, Cubs fan type of deal. Anyway, uh, that's my speech, and I'm sticking to it. That's, that's good. good. I, I love the analogy. I love comparing the Cubs to low prices. I like, let's group those together. That feels right. Yeah. So, uh, cattle, Brady, you want to talk a little cattle? Yeah, let's jump into some cattle here, because cattle have been the shining light. Grains, you know, doom and gloom here in the dumps, but cattle have made a great recovery over the last couple months. Um, there's a lot of bullish headlines. And I think anytime you see 
CNBC, Wall Street Journal, you know, these mainstream media outlets reporting, you know, on cattle headlines, you got to scratch your head and wonder, is the shoe salesman in yet? Is he long cattle? Where who's is is the bullish news all all built into the market? Um, we've shared this graphic here over the last week. Um, a lot of headlines about the smallest cow herd since the 70s or the 50s, even um, in the last wow. 70 years. But beef production has actually increased. Um, so we're more efficient, making more beef with less animals. And this graphic does a great job of illustrating that. The next thing I'd highlight, just because, you know, if there's a lot of bullish news, I like to come in and be a, a uh, contrarian a little bit and share why you should respect the downside um, imports. Um, there's some headlines about record Brazilian imports. Brazil slams us every year, Jan, Feb, March with imported beef. They got a tariff rate quota. It's kind of a kind of a race to fill that. And they fill that in the first few months of the year. And you can see that with that red line and that graphic um, right there. JFM, they're bringing imports in and then it kind of fizzles out. Now, the difference of today's market, high prices may um, encourage them to forego and, and absorb that tariff and continue importing just because of the prices we're seeing here. Um, so we could see maybe that that uh, them exceed that tariff rate quota that they that they have in place. Australia though really sticks out on this graphic. In 23, Australia nearly doubled what they import or export to the U.S. and the U.S. market imported from Australia. Um, we're, high price is going to bring more beef in from other countries here. So I want to highlight that. Um, the choice cutout, we've talked a lot about that. Um, been under a little pressure, was down a little bit yesterday. We've yet to exceed $300 on the choice cutout. Uh, that's the consumer consumer pull, demand pull. We need that to, to pull fat cattle prices up and to trickle down throughout the, um, the whole cattle complex. These feeder cattle prices are screaming. I think there's a race to buy the last feeder, and um, you know, but they don't pencil. Uh, not all of them pencil. You're betting on the come or betting on a cheaper cost to gain if you're buying feeders at these levels here. Um, and you may be right, but um, oftentimes in the cattle business, we make 300 bucks on a pen and we turn around, we buy expensive feeders because we think it's going to keep coming. We're betting on the come and we give that 300 ahead right back. Um, we don't want to do that. This is an important graphic wanted to share with y'all. November cattle. Um, kind of some seasonality, the five-year average, the 10-year average, and the type of move we've seen since January 1st. We've seen 6% gain since Jan 1 on Nov cattle, feeder cattle futures. Um, just stands out like a sore thumb, that black line on the value we've added in November feeder cattle. And, you know, there, there's maybe some peaks in June, July that, that we see seasonally, um, but you got to respect where we're at right now with those contracts and the value you can protect out there. That's what I got on cattle, guys. I think yeah. it's a great opportunity. I've been doing lots of LRP, getting lots of stuff covered up here for guys. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Brady, don't forget to call our friend Chris Swift, too, who asked that question. A uh, lot, of, yeah. lot of excitement in cattle. I, I like talking to him. He's, uh, you know, They have the good side of the coin right now. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Tommy, what's the most interesting thing you've seen at the farm show this year? Just the optimism of the farmer. Uh, they're looking at equipment Optimism. that costs more than the average American's home, twice as much as the average American home. And they're still optimistic. They, you're not going to knock them down because of a few months of uh, uh, low prices. He knows a local yeah. guy uh, going to switch cotton. Yeah, cotton prices are going nuts. And I think Luke's the one who got started when he started asking questions a few months ago. <laughs> cotton is absolutely in a bull market. There are some commodities that are uh, in bull market territory. 
corn, wheat, yeah. and beans are not any of them. Connor B., how do people get a hold of us? Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be doing this again live at 9 every day on YouTube, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you've got a question uh, and you're not on the live show, please shoot us a question on the live show. We love breaking them down. Um, but if you ever have a question, send us an email, info at atipromedia.com. Give us a call, 855-737-FARM. And I think with that, we'll let Tommy get back to the machinery show, and we'll get to work. See you, boys. See ya. Thanks for joining us. We're here every day, 9 a.m. Central. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.